Hello, Dylan. Hi, Manolo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Everything's uh, everything's fine. So I'm back again, and this time I have a voice memo for you to listen to. Great. I'm excited to hear it. I yeah. So this voice memo is from Alex Katz, and they have this vivid memory of this giant oak tree in Peoria, Illinois, where they grew up. And the tree is surrounded by so much history. And this is what they had to say. Hi, Atlas Obscura. My name is Alex Katz, and I use they, them pronouns. I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and one of my most powerful and surreal childhood memories was going to Giant Oak Park once in elementary or middle school. I remember being overwhelmed by the scale of it all, the density and bright greenness of the leaves, the uh, the age the tree was supposed to be, at least 500 years, and the feeling that somewhere in among those packed leaves was something wonderful or terrifying up in or next to the trunk. A couple of decades passed and I kind of forgot about it, kind of thought I'd dreamed it, when I called my parents and my dad said they had gone for a walk to Giant Oak Park. I went, wait, that's real? (laughs) And not only is it real, but I'm going to get to visit it again when I finally get to go home to my parents this summer. Anyway, Giant Century's old fairy tale tree within walking distance of my parents' house. I hope that's at least a seed for an episode. Pun very much intended. That's a wonderful message from Alex. Uh, I, I want to know, you know, how big is big? How, how tall is this tree actually? So its branches span at least 100 feet. Okay. And the trunk is 13 feet in circumference. So Whoa. it's pretty big. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. That is an incredibly big tree. Yeah, it's the, huge. <laughs> the thing, the thing that 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 Alex's message made me think about: trees have this feeling, like whales and elephants, of being from a different time or a different universe. And I think I, I really felt that in Alex's message, like like this thing was so incredible that it kind of couldn't have been real and. The other thing that Alex gets at is this idea of not just scale, but age, right? Like this this feeling that trees and I had this feeling when I visited the um these pines, these ancient pines in uh, the Great Basin. And some of these trees are four thousand or five thousand years old. And even five hundred years, there's almost it's hard to really wrap your mind around the scale of that amount of time that like the, the the you know the tree was around before any anyone came from from Europe to the Americas like the tree was around for every event in kind of you know the history 
of the founding of the United States. It was around for like, you know, it just it's hard to get your head around that that kind of that idea. Yeah, I mean, this is a 500 year old tree. So as you can imagine, it has a lot of history surrounding it. And there is more to this story. Oh, we found out that there is this plaque near the tree. Okay. And it outlines all these events the tree witnessed over the years. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so there's like a there's like a documentation. Oh, there's someone who did this what I was just doing, but like for real, proper. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. So I mean, the first year is circa 1499. The burr oak tree takes root. So I'm, I'm I guess that's when it was first planted. But I'm gonna quickly just jump to the 1970s because I think that's where all the action happens. So in 1971. The Peora Park District purchased a tree site. In 1974, they named the tree site Giant Oak Park Tree. And then I'm just going to read uh, what happens from 1976 through 1977. Frankie Acorn, Frankie Hanbury Jr., collects 200 acorns from the trees and plants them in four western states. This is where, like, that light bulb switch hit me and I'm like oh okay so let's who is Frankie Acorn and <laughs> it's it, a good this is the question I also have so Alex did help us plant a seed in this story because I actually found Frankie Acorn's descendants wow so we're this, are we gonna get the the Frankie Acorn origin story now yes we are yes and yes here it is <laughs> My name is David Hanbury, and I was born in Peoria, Illinois, and my father was Frank Hanbury Jr. Frank Hanbury Sr., my grandfather, uh, was the preeminent arborist in the city of Peoria for many years and had his own business. And one of his first clients was Dr. E.H. Bradley and his wife. And they owned the property that was adjacent to where the giant oak tree on High Street uh, is located. And Mrs. Bradley, in particular, during the 1920s, realized that there were some structures on that piece of property that could interfere with the growth of that tree, which is already a magnificent tree, probably a couple hundred years old even by then. The year we're talking about here is probably like 1926. And he uh, bought the house and tore it down so the tree to be able to grow without any impediments whatsoever. At that same time, they hired my grandfather to take care of the tree. Uh, when my father returned home from World War II in 1945, he joined my grandfather and they, they uh, then worked the business. Uh, but my dad, that was when he first then he became acquainted with the tree on High Street. Now, if we jump forward to 1976, the uh, city of Peoria named that tree the Bicentennial Tree for the city. They had a plaque dedication at the tree, and my grandfather got to be the person who presented and installed the plaque. And my dad, by that point in time, had become the uh, chief arborist for the Peoria, Illinois Park District. And so a little later that summer, he went and collected, it's a little over 200 acorns. And my mother packaged them up, 10, 10 to a package, 
And then they wrote up little instructions on how to start them in a pot and then how to transplant them later on. And then they took off in my dad's pickup truck with a little camper and they started out west. And he planted in um, Nebraska, Utah, Nevada, and Oregon. What the plaque doesn't tell is one year later, he collected another 200. Uh, my mother and him went east. And um, my dad liked to say that anytime they stopped for the evening, if they stopped someplace that he thought was particularly lovely, he'd take some of the acorns out of one of the bags and he started planting them. Well, people started seeing what he was doing. So they'd come up to him and they'd say, what are you doing? He'd then give them a brochure and he'd talk to them. And he then made up his own nickname. He'd introduce himself as Frankie Acorn. The origin story of Frankie Acorn. Uh, that's amazing. Do we know if any of these acorns took? Did they actually turn into trees? So his father never actually wanted it to know if, his, if the trees ever grew. Yeah. Um, Frankie had also left uh, the acorns to other arborists. He knew that they were in good hands and that at some point they would probably also grow into trees. <laughs> I love the idea that there are all of these big oak trees, the descendants of this giant, enormous Peoria oak tree that are scattered across the country. That's a really appealing thought. So there is one last chapter in this story, Dylan. Okay. And it has to do with Frankie Acorn's last wishes. I lived and worked in Springfield, Illinois, Mr. Lincoln's hometown, about 85 miles south of Peoria. But I'd go every weekend, I'd see my father. He eventually uh, was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. And he said to me, he said, David, I want you to go up to the funeral home. Our family always used the same one when we in Peoria and do my pre-planning for him. Now, my, him and my mother had a double plot with, with a headstone. My mother's already buried. So I went up and I did that. I come back, I talked to my dad. He sits back and he lounges your chair and looks at me and he says, I don't want any of that. And I said, what? Well, what don't you like about Dad? He said, I don't like any of it. He says, I want you to cremate me and I want you to spread my ashes under that oak tree up on High Street. He said, that's what I want. So I went back to the funeral home same day and I said to the guy I just talked to, um made a big mistake here. We're going to have to redo this again. So we worked on it again. And he said, well, now you're going to need a vessel that will transport your father's ashes after cremation. And lo and behold, they had this oak wooden box with an oak tree carved on it. And so I picked that. So I come back and told my dad, and well, then everything was great. Well, he passed in August of 96. And I waited one month until it was also the anniversary of my grandfather's passing, his dad. Took his ashes up there, and I spread them under the tree exactly according to his instructions. And that's where his remains lie, under that tree. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much to Alex for telling us your personal story about that and i would love to hear from you when you go back and visit the tree in person record a voice memo in front of the giant oak tree and please send it i would love to hear that and uh and thanks to david hanbury and the and the family for sharing 
the history of Frankie Acorn and taking us on a journey really through through the family tree. <laughs> that was was beautiful. And uh, and thank you, Manolo. That was that was great. I I can't wait uh, to hear what you pull out next. Thank you, Dylan. And I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a production of Atlas Obscure and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. I'm Manolo Morales. Hasta luego. Witness Docs from Stitcher.